as Vicky was singing, I was just thinking, you know, when God looked at you, it was love at first sight. When God looked at you, it was love at first sight. Now, I don't know where you are in your journey in life and where you are in your story right now, but I'm here just to share a little bit of my story in the hope that what I share will encourage you. And the Bible says, you know, wherever the Spirit or, 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 you know, when we testify, when we speak about what God has done, that it's the spirit of prophecy, that in other words, it imparts faith to those that are hearing for Jesus to do it again. And so I want to talk a little bit about my story. But before I do that, you might not be familiar with the word of God because I don't know where you are on your journey, but I'd love just to read a verse for you that is really pertinent to me in my story. And let me read it to you. It's found in a book called Corinthians, and this is what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. And all this is from God who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, And God is making his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Jesus Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And the verse that I want to focus on is that anyone who is in Christ is a new person. The old has gone and the new has come. And I want to say to you tonight that Jesus, Jesus won. He, it is for freedom that Jesus died for us. And that Jesus is in this place tonight. And Jesus wants to bring freedom. And what I really sensed in the worship is that God wants to heal some broken hearts. I believe there are some broken hearts and some broken lives in this room. And Jesus wants to bind up your wounds. And he wants to bring healing. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, for the hearts that are going to be healed and reconciled and restored this evening. I want to say to you, you know, that... that Not only did God take a hold of me uh, and begin to rewrite my story, wherever you are in your story tonight, God wants to write on your heart today. He wants to turn the page in your story. He wants you to allow him to become the author of your story because he is able to make all things new, that he heals, that he restores, and he reconciles us back to the Father. Let me take you back. I want to go back to where I was 16 years ago. 16 years ago. I walked the street. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning. I got picked up and I got attacked that night. I was a working girl. I worked the streets. I was attacked that night. I barely escaped with my life. 
I came back to the hostel where I was staying. I walked in the door and I looked down on the floor and there was this broken mirror scattered all over the floor. And I looked down at these broken pieces and I caught a glimmer of this gaunt, pale, lifeless soul looking back up at me. And I realised just how broken my life had become. But little did I realise that one day, all of these broken, fragmented pieces would become a beautiful mosaic that the God would create. And you know, whatever you're going through, wherever you are in your life, whatever brokenness you're dealing with, when you come and you lay them at the feet of Jesus, he is able to take that and make all things new. You know, for me, I've been as broken as long as I could remember. I had been running for as long as I could remember. You see, when I look back to that moment, I was a hopeless heroine and a crack cocaine addict. I've been addicted for 18 years. I was a liar. I was a thief. Getting arrested was an occupational hazard for me. You know, I, I was living on the streets. I was a working girl. My life was a mess, a mess. And I had no concept back then of what it was to really value myself. You know, the Bible teaches us that we have a very real enemy of our souls, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the promise of Jesus is that he's come to give you life, and life in all of its fullness. Amen. You know, I remember, let me take you back a bit more. I remember, you know, where it all started really for me. I remember I was a little girl and um, really that's when the enemy got in and he started to steal from my life. You know, at the age of four, I discovered I was adopted and I was really, uh, you know, at first I thought this was great news as a four-year-old. I must have two mums. This must be a good thing. I remember running in to my mum to announce this and she was really, um, you know, she didn't really know how to handle that and basically she walloped me and I went flying across the floor and really just in that moment her angry response silenced me. It silenced me and it taught me something must be wrong with me and it taught me never to speak out again and just this sense of shame about who I was started to creep in to my life. And then from the age of five, I was sexually abused into my early teens. And as you can imagine, this left me feeling violated, ashamed, helpless and hopeless in that moment. And shame came to point the finger and say, there must be something wrong with you. You are the problem. Because that's what shame does. It points the finger and says, there's something wrong with you. You know, and I remember growing up feeling like I didn't fit in, I didn't belong, I had this sense of shame about who I was. And you may even feel like that right now. I don't know you and your story. That people don't accept you for who you are. You may feel like you don't fit, you don't belong, or you have believed lies that the enemy has planted in your life. Just like me, I thought I was never good enough, unlovable, unworthy. And some of you may be believing those lies tonight. You know, ongoing sexual abuse for me intensified that sense of shame and fear. And I felt like I had nowhere to run and no one to turn to. And wounded, I continued to believe those lies. And I started run, running, running, 
to escape, to escape my pain, to escape my reality. I ran to daydreaming. I'd run anywhere to try and avoid the reality of what was going on in the inside of me. And I felt powerless to do anything about what was going on. And as a youngster, I used to think I must have the word victim written on my forehead because sometimes, you know, when you go through abuse, what happens is you come vulnerable to other abusers. And so as all of that continued, I became a very troubled youngster. And in my uh, quest to escape that pain, the pain of having my innocence snatched so early, the pain of that trauma, I began to run to the wrong things. You know, the reality was my sexuality was awakened too early. And ongoing abuse left me with wrong ideas about my identity, about who I was. And I said it, that no one could really love me. I had a distorted perspective about who I was. And I saw my value according to the way other people saw me. And you know, the root is, I believe that I was unlovable, unacceptable, not good enough. And I want to say to you, to be loved is so important. To know that you're loved and to know that you matter is to know that you are significant. And I want to tell you, God loves you. You may never have heard that before, but I want to tell you, you have a Father in heaven who loves you. He loves you. And he gave his Son for you to reconcile you to himself that you might experience this incredible love and acceptance for yourself. God loves you. You know, I, like I said, I quickly started running I saw counsellors, I saw psychologists, you name it, all kinds of people. And, uh, you know, I soon really, in my quest for freedom, found love and acceptance in the wrong places, in the wrong crowd. And, uh, you know, as a teenager, I went into care, I started dabbling with soft drugs, and my, you know, really this fed my wounded nature. It helped me escape my reality. And that ever increasing desire for drugs and acceptance and adventure really uh, just sucked me in. One look was all it took and I was hooked, I tell you. I started off on soft drugs like cannabis, acid um, and amphetamines. I quickly developed an eating disorder because I had such a self-loathing about myself. And, uh, or, you know, drugs also, they gave me a false sense of confidence. They gave me a sense of I belong to something. And like I said, they fed my wounded nature. It was escaping the pain and the desire to be free that led me into a place of captivity because I believed the world's lie that I was, if, you know, to be free was to do what I wanted with who I wanted, when I wanted and how I wanted. But little did I realise then that those choices that I made would soon become my prison keepers. And that's when I became addicted. My choice to use drugs led me into addiction. And you may have made some choices into your life, in your life that have taken you some places where you've ended up and you don't want to be there. And you want to move from that place. Well, I tell you tonight, I don't want you to leave this place. If you are struggling with any area, or you know you need to move from this place 
that you have found yourself in this place of captivity, this place that you don't want to remain any longer through some poor choices. Tonight can be your night where you move from that place and move into a place of freedom. I became addicted to drugs, like I said, and my, in, you know, my, my dependence fiercely grew. I started off with soft drugs. I soon ended up on amphetamines. Like I said, they helped me to lose weight because I hated who I was. You know, and I thought if I could change what I looked like on the outside, life would be better. But how many of you know it doesn't matter how much you try and change yourself on the outside. It's the inside that matters. You know, and I can tell you it's a change of heart that we need. You know, not an external change. And you know, Jesus transforms us from the inside out. He doesn't do an outside in job. He does an inside out job. And uh, you know, I know for me, I started dabbling with those soft drugs. And before you knew it, I was addicted to heroin and crack cocaine. And I just had such a deep sense of self-loathing. Self-loathing. I blamed myself. You know, I became bulimic. I went through anorexia to bulimia to this drug to that drug and my addiction really really grew and my need to lose weight increased my, I started to hallucinate I started to hear voices um, I started to be troubled in my mind I would be awake for weeks at a time and really it's a miracle it's a miracle that I am stood before you let me tell you it's by the grace of God none of us are promised tomorrow today matters Today matters, and today matters in your story. Now, I know not everybody's going to have the same story as me, but we are not promised tomorrow, and the decisions that we make today are so, so important. I want to say it was a miracle that I wasn't um, labelled under the Mental Health Act, really. I remember going to see the doctor when I was 18, and he said, you are 18 years a problem. I'm referring you to the psychiatrist. And I thought, I am not going to no psychiatrist. You are not putting no labels on me. But I tell you, I can tell you if I'd have gone, I'd have probably had every label going. And some of you might have some labels on you tonight. You know, that you might have picked up some labels along the way in your journey that actually are not appropriate for you. And I believe that even God tonight would want to remove some of those labels that don't belong to you tonight. You know, and when I think about that, I think, oh my gosh, you know, I, I am fortunate that I wasn't sectioned or anything because when you're running down the street in your underwear hallucinating or, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a burning uh, building that's on fire um, or, or you're in all of that craziness, you know, how I never got picked up and sectioned, I'll never know, but the grace of God. You know, and I remember, you know, going from one bad relationship to another. In my quest for love, longing and acceptance, I went from one bad, negative, codependent relationship to the next. And they were fueled by violence, codependency. And the reality is, we literally beat each other nearly to the point of death. You know, again, is by the grace of God. You know, not only did I turn to crime in my addiction, and crime became an occupational hazard for me. You know, getting arrested, sorry, became an occupational hazard for me. Uh, but I turned to working on the street corners, selling my body, living 
on the streets. And I want to say, it is a miracle that I am still alive today after living on the streets for six years, surfing from squat to squat, crack house to crack house. You know, and I remember that night. I remember that night that I was, I was raped and nearly left for dead, nearly had my throat slit, you know. And I look back at those things and I look back at all those crazy events. It is a miracle that I am alive to tell the story today. You know, when I was in the throes of my addiction, I lived for nothing else. I was obsessed. You know, I would go to the point to say that I was possessed. When you obsess over a thing, it can possess you. So beware of what you obsess over. My obsession led to a possession. Have you heard of men putting women on the streets? Mine were fighting to get me off the streets. I would be awake three weeks at a time. I was relentless. Nothing could stop me. And I want to say I had tried over 33 times to get clean. And the Bible says, you know, when you lose hope, your heart becomes sick. I want to say after 32 failed attempts, in my own strength, to sort out myself, I had lost all hope. You know, I had done detoxes, I had done rehab, I had gone abroad. You know, I even detoxed in a dungeon once. I, I did. It wasn't for the, not the want of trying. I tried, but I couldn't do it on my own. I could not sustain it. I would do it for a while, and I would fall back. And I had finally lost all hope that my story would ever change. You know, I had been in some really difficult situations, really life-threatening situations. And one day I realized, actually, life isn't going to change for me. I can't fix me. I always believed one day I would fix myself. I'll sort it out because I'd learned to be independent. I'd had to fend for myself from a young age. I'd gone into care from young. And so I knew what it was to look after myself. But I was fiercely independent. But after so many failed attempts, I became so broken inside that it broke the back of my independence. And at that moment, that moment was the moment when I became open to Jesus. And there... You know, and I thank God, I thank God that he never gives up on us. Amen. He never gives up on us, even when everybody else gives up on us. When we give up on ourselves, God's never given up Amen. on you. And you know, you may feel like you have given up on yourself. Your story might not be my story. I appreciate that this, this evening. But you've all got a story. You've all got a And some of you in the room, you may have given up hope for your situation. You may have given up hope on your own life, wherever you are, whatever it is you're facing right now. But I want to tell you tonight, tonight, God, God is saying to you, there is hope. There is hope that he never gives up on you. And, uh, you know, Jesus came. Jesus came for you. He came for me and he came for you. You know, I was powerless powerless to change my situation, powerless to change myself. Like I said, what I needed was not a change on the outside. I needed a change on the inside. And when I opened my life to Jesus, everything changed. I remember I was 30, 
30, uh, 33, and I remember collapsing uh, in, a, in a project in St. Paul's, and, uh, which is a place in Bristol. And uh, I was five and a half stone. I was really, really sick. And um, I ended up collapsing on some nun's doorstep in St. Paul's. And they took me in, and I was so sick. I was so frail. I hadn't had any drugs in my system for some time. And they got me into this rehabilitation centre in South Wales. And uh, they took me down there. And I couldn't stand to my feet. And this little nun, about four foot, and Rosie, she was about six foot two and one in the middle. They carried me up this hill, this 90 degree hill into this Christian rehab. And I remember getting there at that point in my life. I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know, you know, it was just aloof. He was somewhere out there. I didn't know him personally. And I remember them taking me into this rehab. And, and I remember going through the doors and they were drinking cups of tea and they were watching the news. And I thought, what planet are they on? You know, because for me, in my chaotic lifestyle, I was used to going 200 miles an hour. And these people were just like watching the news, having a cup of tea. And I thought, where am I? And, uh, you know, I was like a whirlwind uh, of chaos. And, uh, you know, I remember being in that place and I was there a few weeks and I remember kind of hearing about God a little bit and, and had this sense that there was something spiritual in this place, but I quickly ran back to the streets. And I was there another few years when eventually, again, God's grace began to hunt me down. You know, and thank God that he does pursue us, that he really does, even when we wander off, even when we fall away, and even when we avoid him or turn the other way, he pursues us. And I can remember, um, it was a few years later, one of the nuns again, she used to come out to the working girls uh, on a bus, and she was like, come on, Trudy, she would speak words of life to me, she would encourage me, and she would say, come on, you know, that you, you're better than this, and I was so lost. I was so lost to, to my addiction that it kind of, it, it never landed. But eventually, a few years later, I went back into this Christian rehab. And um, it was while I was there, actually, um, it was while I was there on bail, actually, um, uh, I was taken to a Christian meeting a little bit like this, and I heard the gospel. I heard the good news of Jesus Christ, how he loved me, how he died for me to forgive me of my sin. Well, you didn't need to tell me I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed God's forgiveness. And as um, the preacher began to preach, I knew and I had this conviction in my heart, and I knew I needed God's forgiveness. And he started to say, you know, that God demonstrated his love towards us by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us so that we could know forgiveness in our lives, that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, that we might be reconciled to him. And I remember running to the front when they gave the appeal and said, who wants to give their life to Jesus? Well, I had made a mess of my life. I had made a mess, and I don't know how you're doing with your life. I don't know if Jesus is in charge of your life, but I can tell you I had made a mess of my life. And I remember running forward and receiving prayer, and as I received prayer, I felt the power of God go through me. And I came out of that place almost walking on air and uh, knowing that my life would never be the same again. But the reality is, and I'll tell you the truth, a few weeks later, I ran off. I ran off from the rehab because I'd got a little bit of money and the desire to use again had come upon me. 
And um, I remember running out the back door with a dog on my rear end, <laughs> jumping the gate and thinking, I'll come back in a couple of days. Well, a couple of days ended up a few weeks until I finally got arrested for jumping bail and uh, put back into prison. And it was while I was in prison that I, with all those distractions and all those other things stripped away, I remembered the prayer that I prayed. And I just had the sense of God with me. I remember in that cell, there was a calendar on the prison cell wall with lots of scriptures on. Scriptures are Bible verses. And I remember reading that and it was like the word was coming alive to me. And I remember being in a cell with a girl and I didn't know this girl. And I remember reading from that calendar these Bible verses and preaching at this girl. But what did I know? I knew nothing about nothing, but something was happening on the inside of me because actually I'd become a new person in Christ. Something had changed. I've been born again. The Bible says when you give your life to Jesus that you are born again, that the old is gone and the new has come. Only it was taking me a while to catch up with the new, you know? And um, I remember I'd been in there a few weeks and I had the opportunity to go back to the rehabilitation center. And uh, I didn't really want to go. I didn't really want to go back because I felt like I would be confined and I wanted to live free. I wanted to be free. And for me, going back into rehabilitation meant confinement and I didn't want that. And I remember wrestling and I ended up making the decision to go back. The rehabilitation center said, we'll come to court with you, we'll support you and we'll say to the court, we're willing to take you back and give you a chance. So I went to court and uh, stood before the bench and they said, we're going to give you a chance, we're going to release you, we're going to give you a chance to go and sort yourself out and you're going to come back in six months for sentencing and that's exactly what happened. I went to the rehabilitation centre and I tell you what, it was there, it was there on that occasion while I was there that then I encountered God in a new way. I encountered the Father heart of God. You see, I had been born again. I had prayed that prayer. I had received Jesus into my life. Something had shifted. Something had changed. But I, when I went back into this rehab, I've had a secondary encounter with the love of God, with the Father heart of God. You know, God didn't just send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, but he is a Father that loves you that wants to be reconciled with you, that wants his relationship with you to be restored, that he might restore all your other relationships as well. And I remember this girl giving me a copy of the Father's love letter. And the Father's love letter is full of Bible verses about God's love for us. And I remember reading this love letter and, and it went something like this. My child, I know everything about you. I formed and I fashioned you in your mother's womb. There's not a hair on your head that I don't know about. I see your down sitting and your uprising. There's nothing that I don't know about you. And as I continued to read this, um, this letter, and I read about God's love for me, I realized that I had stumbled on the greatest love. You see, I'd always had a longing to know my real father a longing in my heart to know because I'd never known my, my, my biological father. So there's always been this gap, this searching and desire to know who I was and to know whose I was. 
And I remember reading this uh, letter. And as I got to the end of it, I realized that God, I had misunderstood God in many ways. And as I continued to read it, he, he, he went on to say how he'd sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. And that he wasn't counting my sins against me. That Jesus died to forgive me so that me, that I could be reconciled to God my Father. And I remember coming to the end of that. And I remember coming to the end of that and just once again asking Jesus into my life. But this time, I really understood what Jesus had done for me on the cross. That he loved me. That he died for me. That I could have this relationship and this encounter led me to, into a relationship with Jesus that revolutionized my life. This saw complete transformation begin to happen in my life. And God began to do a deep work. And I want to tell you, that day, that day when I asked Jesus into my life, the biggest miracle happened. After 33 failed attempts to get clean, boom, in a moment, Jesus broke the power of my addiction. Now, I can tell you, I can tell you that was a miracle. And for me, that was the biggest sign that God was real because I had tried everything up until then. So you couldn't tell me that God wasn't real after that moment. And I remember receiving Jesus into my heart and I, and I felt like just, I felt like I'd had a bath on the inside. I felt clean on the inside of that shame, of that dirt, of that guilt. And, and I felt like the burden, the weight off my back had been lifted. And I was like, where's it gone? Like, I don't even deserve this. I couldn't even articulate it at the time. But looking back, I know it was the guilt and it was the shame. Jesus had lifted it. And I tell you the truth, I never knew how anxious and restless I was until that moment I received Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when you come to him, he gives you his peace. And I tell you what, I never knew just how restless and anxious I had been and all that running all my life. And, and I just stopped. And in that moment, God just did something incredible. And I knew my life would never be the same. And that was 16 years ago. And I want to say it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I went back to the court six months later, and they took one look at me, and they said, you're not the same person. You're not the same person, because when you give your life to Christ, he changes you. He changes you from the inside out. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. So you may have some stuff to Day, some stuff that you are regretful about, you feel shameful about, some stuff that you just need to lay down. Well, today you can do that and you can be assured of a fresh start. I think today God wants to give some people a fresh start. I really do. I think God wants to turn a page in your story. I think he wants to do that for you today, but it's going to take for you to give him permission to turn the page in your story. And I don't know about you, but you know when we when you get an ink stain, sometimes I carry a pen in my pocket and I find that it leaks in my pocket and I've got a big pen stain there and I can't get it out. And sometimes we can feel like that in life. You know, through decisions we've made, through things that have happened to us and through things that we have done, we can feel stained. We can feel like we can't get rid of that stuff. Well, today, Jesus because of the blood that was shed on the cross, he's able to remove those stains. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is he removes our shame and he restores our dignity. That's what he did for me. And that's what he can do for you. 
And I believe that Jesus today, he is here and he wants to uh, give you a fresh start. If you'll say yes to him, he wants to give you a new beginning, a fresh start in him. And for some of you, he wants you to turn the page. He wants to turn the page in your story and begin to rewrite some things in your story. Now I can tell you, Jesus binds the wounds of the broken. He heals the broken in heart. And I tell you, I've been on this journey 16 years. 16 years and God is still working in my life. He's still working in my life, but it's a beautiful thing to be in the hands of a loving Savior where you are secure, where you are safe. And you know, he binds you up and he holds you. And what I love about that is that even in your brokenness, he holds you together. He holds you together. That binding up is like a bandaging up. And he holds you together until you're completely healed. And I'm going to come into land, really. But I want to say, you know, my journey has just been incredible. I can't do it justice in such a short time. And, but I tell you, Jesus has healed and restored me. You know, he's took me on a journey where he's healed the brokenness of my heart. You know, where he has restored and reconciled relationships. You know, the incredible thing is, let me just quickly tell you this. I couldn't manage my little finger. I tell you the truth. I couldn't manage anything. So then to get saved, to go through a program, I think I was the longest running resident ever. But I was a manager for five years. I lived in rehab for about nearly eight years. I don't know anybody that's done that. But I did for two and a half years. And then I went on to become the manager. That is a miracle. When you trust your life to Jesus, he will begin to rewrite your story. And I know there's some people in the room that know that truth this morning. But first you have to come and you have to trust him. And you know, it might not be your whole story. It might be an aspect of your story that you've closed off to God. You've let him have a certain amount but there's other areas of your life that you need to trust to him tonight, that he can turn that page and he can begin to rewrite your story. You'll never deal with something until you face it. You won't. You'll never deal with it until you face it. And tonight, I believe there's an invitation just to come to Jesus afresh, to come to him, to allow him to turn the page in your story. You know, it, it just gets better with Jesus. I just want to say, you know, it's not, it's, it's not just all about what he does. That's incredible because he is incredible. <laughs> and he never ceases to surprise us. He never ceases to amaze us. I can tell you, God has healed me. He's healed, healed me of blood disorders. He's, he, you know, God is able. Not only has he healed me emotionally and physically, but he is a healer. And he continues to liberate me every day. I walk more and more in new freedoms, free, you know, and it's just, it's his love, really. It's his love and his grace and his goodness that has sustained me. And you know, here I am, 16 years on, should have been six foot under, but by the grace of God, go I. Here I am sharing with you just to encourage you.